Blog Talk Radio. I don't know what was happening tonight in the atmosphere, stratosphere, whatever, but I just couldn't get this, I couldn't get the studio warmed up, it seemed. I don't know what was happening, but hey, you're here, I'm here, and I believe at least one of my fabulous panels is here, unless they're out looking for a a better show to be on, um, which I would hate that because uh, well, it'll be fun for them, but bad for me. Anyway, good evening. I am your host, cruise director and spiritual advisor, Madam Perry, welcoming you to Madam Perry's Salon, the podcast with more celebrities than the inauguration. I'm talking about the last inauguration. And uh, tonight is what's on your mind? What's on your mind? Call in, talk about it. I don't care if it's midterm results, runoffs, natural disasters, um, how to change your hair color, makeup, and wardrobe for winter. I don't care. I'm just glad that you're here. And I have my dear I'm friend, here. Marilyn Opitz. Hey, Marilyn. Hi, I'm here. How you doing, <laughs> sister? How you I'm doing? I'm doing good. I was on hold for a while. I was just posting on your on the link to Facebook saying, what's going on? <laughs> I don't, but I'm, I'm glad you're on Facebook. here. I'm glad you made it. Gosh, me too. Well, I saw that you had been holding when it finally came up. It said you'd been holding 13 minutes when it first, when it finally came up. So, oh no. So I don't know what was wrong. That's why I put on Facebook. I don't. Hey, I don't know why it's slow, but don't judge unless you've tried to get a corgi on the wheel to get things going. And exactly. let's see. <laughs> also joining us here. tonight. Well, I'm thrilled that you were here. This is Marilyn Opitz, the owner of Beba Girl Beauty, and uh, I am, and my, uh, and she's also an actress. And let's see, and also the uh, owner of Bulldog Marketing and the last Southern aristocratic, aristocratic Southern Democrat, Alan Bradington. <laughs> hey, well, good evening, Madam Perry. I love that voice. Oh. <laughs> see, Alan, you, you walk, you guys walk in a room and it's automatically fun. And hey, guess what else? All the way from Chicago, my friend, he's an animator and writer, and his name, um, I don't know what his name is, Peter G. You know how it is in music and rap and, and arts. You have, an, an alias, I, do, I never underestimate the value of a good alias. Peter G., come on in. Hello. Yeah, Happy. Yeah, hey. alias. Yeah, you know how, uh, how us rap artists uh, need, to, need to watch because of the police. I tore the tag I'm off a police. mattress. I'm a, I'm a fugitive. Oh, rap artist? <laughs> hey, you, you'd be right. surprised. They're cracking down on stuff lately. Yeah, well, not around here. I'm just glad to get it working. <laughs> hey, so so it's Tuesday night. Uh, this is what, the um, November 13th, Tuesday night. Uh, thank you all so much for your patience and getting the studio up tonight and, and for being here with me. Uh, last week, Marilyn and Alan were both in here. Marilyn mostly, and then Alan came in. 
And you guys were so much fun. It was such a mood elevator for me. And uh, that we had to do this all over again. And I'm so glad to have Peter G. in here. And anybody who's listening, just so you know, uh, you can always uh, call in and talk to us or message. If you, you know, people say, why do you say message? Well, um, some people are at a day job or, some, or you know, a, a job and they can't necessarily call in so they can message it in on Facebook. Uh, send me a message to Jennifer Monette Perry, and I can read your question or comment on the air. But if you want to call in, it's 646-716-9922. So let's start off with Marilyn. Marilyn, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, um, you know, I'm just kind of chilling out tonight, and uh, we just watched the, about uh, we just the D.C. area just got the news that Amazon had picked, which it was supposed to come to our side of the Potomac, which would have been the Maryland side. But it po- chose the Virginia side, uh, well, on, on uh, the other side of uh, the D.C. area. So it's on. It's going to be in Crystal City, but Amazon the, is but, still coming. So that's going to be pretty. The exciting. Virginia so, side. Yeah. So, but and they've already renamed the whole area: the Crystal City, Pentagon City, and what was that other? Yeah, I guess or was that Alexandria? Some other? Some? You know, they just claimed it and they renamed it already. <laughs> and uh, and so it's going to be. They were saying how it's going to drive home prices up. I'm like, oh, they can't get any more expensive than they already are. But I, I'm sure it will go go sky high. So. It's kind of interesting. I'm glad we bought one. We did. <laughs> I bet you are. But all know, right. The first thing I said is that I'm going to start handing out my card, got my get get my blitz cards and start going hang out at that metro station, start hanging out, handing out cards and saying, "Who needs the makeup done?" <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. So what kind of uh, what kind of delivery time are you going to get with Prime now? Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, you know, we've got it. It's pretty good. You know, <laughs> it's well, pretty I mean, good. It, but if they move close, it's gonna be it's gonna be even better. I hope. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I had I had to send something to myself to establish copyright at the post office, and to be cute, I decided to send it by priority mail. So I just handed it to the person at the counter. They handed it right back to me, and I'm like, yeah, if it was any faster, it would have actually gone back in time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, I'm like, why did I send this up? Oh, I'm sending it up tomorrow, right? <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, by the way, Mary, I'm telling you here. Um, I don't think you were at this, Alan, but um, you said you like my Auntie Main pictures. Your favorite movies is one of my favorite movies. Oh, I Ros and Russell. The only Roz Russell's the only Auntie Mame. And about six years ago, I did an, um, in, in in Asheville, North Carolina. I did an ignite, which is kind of like I guess like a, a a version of TED. I did an ignite speech on life lessons mer- learned from oh. Auntie Mame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God! I remember that. Do you have a link to that? Do you have a, a is there a video yeah. or a link to? Oh, I would yeah. love that if you could send that to me. Message me that. Okay, I will. I'll put it out there on Facebook. I mean, I only got one vote there because I was the only person that didn't have any friends or coworkers in the audience, so I didn't get. I somebody <laughs> gave me one vote. While they put like a little sticker on the wall, I had one, oh. one little sympathy, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's all right. It's all right. My husband couldn't even get in, and his boss because it was sold out. So that's what oh. that was. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, let's move on. Alan, wow. what's on? We're going to get the subject out of the way first. Alan, what's on your mind? Well, I'm 
excited about the stuff that's going on with the election still. I just I think it's interesting that uh, you know there's this morning we all woke up to a Democratic senator from from uh, Arizona. Oh yeah. Interested in watching what's going on in Florida and, um, of course, the runoff coming up in Mississippi, Georgia, governor's race. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, if, if, and this is a big if, um, Nelson comes out in Florida and the Democrat wins in Mississippi, then the Senate's 50-50. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's some good news. I mean, I, I think in just watching this week and the president on there and saying, you know, let's not recount. I've been, you know, messed in <laughs> politics for the better part of 25 years. And anytime you're against recounts or against votes being counted, um, it's bad news for whatever side you're on. So I just think that's going to be really interesting to watch. You know, we started, kind of got mm-hmm. into the politics last week at the end. And uh, you know, just seeing how things shake out there. Yeah, I do. All right, and we got a lot to talk about that tonight as well. And let's see, move down. And then my friend Peter G. Peter, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I just saved a bunch of money on Christmas gifts by discussing politics on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's hysterical. You gotta keep going. And my husband chimed in. He said you can always give people coal. (laughs) Or switches. That could be fun too. They're getting lumps of something else. They're They're not getting lumps of coal. (laughs) It's something a little further down the (laughs) line. Politics on Facebook. Oh my God! You know, Peter, Peter, and um, I think we need to take I think we need to take our show on the road to uh, to Maryland, where where our friend Marilyn is. And um, <laughs> and by the way, I don't know Alan. As long as you've known me, Alan, and Alan and I have done stand up in a comedy stuff, but um, I've been saying for a long time I want a tour bus to take the show on the road with different artists and and so forth and whatever area we travel to can hop on and off and entertain. But I think we ought to take the show on the road. So anybody listening or anybody you guys know that has some kind of a tour, I'd like something fancy like the Judds had, but, you know, still, uh, just (laughs) just enough of a tour bus. (laughs) Yeah. Like the Judds had even though we, yeah, if we could get a tour bus that was for the, for the Madame Perry Salon show, and we could just tour uh, the country and and entertain, and you know, I think if we could do that, and if we could travel the country with everything going on today, and tell me, guys, especially Alan, I want to know how you feel about this. If we could just get our road crew together, travel, it wouldn't be the same people. Some people can't take maybe a week or a weekend off to the show. We could just travel the country. If we could bring hope to people who are depressed. If we could bring, you know, a smile or a laugh to, um, you know, yeah, somebody, that's kind, it, somebody that's given up hope. And if we could at least pick up maybe five grand a night doing it. Now, I don't know how. Then that would be, I think that would be a valuable thing to do. Um, well, I, be a lot. Want someone, 
Are you sure you well, want to? I, uh, I, I absolutely agree. And, and, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Maybe we could try to book something in Harris over Cherokee. <laughs> oh, that's right. I say, let's go. Is that a casino? Yes. Yes. It's a casino. Don't lose your money or come listen to us. I mean, I think the choice is clear. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be worth driving down to North Carolina for that. (laughs) Years ago, I was going to Las Vegas. And one of my great uncles before I left said, boy, remember one thing. Winners don't pay the light bill. Oh yeah, I've, I've always thought I that was one of, of, one of one of Uncle Harold's best pieces of advice. <laughs> I used to work at a riverboat gambling casino. Nothing will destroy your faith in humanity like working at a at a casino. You know, at the at the oh, time wow. here in Illinois. At the time here in Illinois, it was it was reg, it was legislated that the riverboats had to actually go out on the water. Uh, no, they couldn't, right. they couldn't just yeah, they couldn't just say yeah, you're gambling and stuff like that. They had to give it some kind of a veneer in order to make it uh, palatable. So you had the doors would open. There would be a half hour for anybody who was on the boat to get off, and then a half hour to let people on. So a one hour window. First it came mm-hmm. on, so half hour before the boat took off took off on its trip. She bought a $500 can of $1 tokens. Sat at the machine cost for me. Bought another one. She did not win a single time. Bought another $500 can. Bought another one, 1500 Wrote out the maximum number of checks. Maxed out every credit card. Took out markers. And I still remember her scrounging through her purse looking for a nickel that would give her the one more dollar token that she just knew was going to win her all her money back. Oh all this God. happened before the boat left the dock. In less than a oh half God. hour, oh. she destroyed her financial future. Oh, my God. And oh, all I could think was... <laughs> It's it, it's things like that that make me glad I don't gamble. That's part of the reason that when the, the whole Powerball lottery was going on, and I'm laughing at everybody. You know, I'm like, when they sell enough tickets that the Powerball lottery is over a billion dollars and they still don't have one winner out of all those tickets, if you don't need any more proof that the lottery is a legalized ripoff, then I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> 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 I, re- I remember years ago I was driving through Florida in the middle of the night heading back to South Carolina and it was near Christmas and I was in college I think and I stopped and I bought like 20 lottery tickets for siblings and family I said yeah I'll give them all a Florida lottery ticket because South Carolina and North Carolina and all, they hadn't come into any of that yet and uh, there was a, a nice lady working at this convenience store in Jupiter, Florida, at like 2 a.m. on a Tuesday morning. <laughs> and uh, and you could smoke inside. She kind of had the, the Camel 240 hanging out of her mouth. It was about eight inches long. And I ordered 20 lottery tickets, and she said, well, all right. And I said, do you play? And she said, no, no, darling, not. Not when it's like this. It's only about $3 million. I wait till it gets up to 10 or $15 million. And I thought, two million dollars wouldn't change your life, really. <laughs> yeah, it's 
when they started when they started the lottery here in Illinois, they had the they had the daily game which was three numbers, and then the new pick four which was four numbers, and then they came up with the lotto. And I had a, I have an aunt who she was obsessed that she was certain there was some sort of pattern that could be found. She recorded every last winning number for the lotto, the pick three, and the pick four for three years. Mm. And wow. My, and my dad, who's who's great at math and stuff like that, you know, he came over one night. You know, we all, you know, it was a family gathering. So it's my aunt, my uncle, one of my other uncles, and my dad. My dad with his scientific graphing calculator and stuff like that. And they're going over these numbers like the Normandy invasion. And I'm just sitting there, I'm like, does the concept? And I'm like, does the concept of random numbers mean anything to you? Are you are you even paying attention here? <laughs> Are you, I was, they, they were putting up charts. They were tracking how often numbers come off. And, oh, this one looks like it's due. And I'm like, guys, it's random. You're never going to guess it. <laughs> oh, wow. The Normandy invasion. Oh, my God. That is a, a, that's, one of the best analysis. <laughs> They had paper. They had papers everywhere. They had charts. They had notes. They were they were they were talking back and forth like they were strategizing. All this over a bunch of random ping pong balls. Yeah, but but, but the, what it would equal would be financial freedom, or at least so you think. You know. You gotta find that battle. Uh, you gotta find that battle. I, I can I, I can I can understand. Well, I mean, I can understand that, but that's part of the reason that the lot, the concept of the lottery, uh, offends me on a on a fundamental level, because the basically the lottery preys on people for, for whom either they're so far in debt they'll never get out, or the system is so stacked against them, you know, they'll never get a promotion or anything like that, and they see this as their only chance to get ahead of the game. You know, these aren't people that are playing just for fun, like people who play blackjack and stuff like that. These are people who are desperate for a better future. <laughs> and, it, it, like I said, it's exploitation. And that's, that's the reason why the lottery offends me, because it's like, no, you're preying on people. You're preying on people who are desperate. This is but wrong. Somebody, somebody did win it. Somebody did win it, like, I think it was like a week after it hit, it hit the max. I think somebody did win it. So the fact when someone does win it or a bunch of people win it and there's that hope, you know, there's that hope. And right. and I'll never you know, there's that, that that and there are like they've done shows on people who have won and and how their lives have improved and how their lives have gone downhill for various reasons. Like maybe they lent too much to family or everybody came out of the woodwork or various things happened. And they weren't good money managers to begin with, or, you know, they took on too much or whatever. But, you know, the thing is, is that when you hear that people win, you know how that money could change your life. Now, some people are in a, in a situation where they're doing so well that if they won, they do better. But there's many people who, you know, whether no matter what's happening, the things are the decks are stacked against them. But sometimes things happen to regular people, especially with us in the past. I'd say, well, now we've we've been a slow, uh, a slow improvement since 2000 since the recession. 
but we're, I'm still not back to where I want to be pre-2009. So mm-hmm. I'd say around 2011, 2012, I bought a lot, a lot of tickets, even though everybody told me, oh, that's not the smartest thing. Uh, there was still that hope of saying, you know, I just want to get back, just feel like I'm doing something, you know. And, oh, yeah. and, and you know, of course, other things, better things came along to me to invest my time and my money. But, but you know, when you're, when you're really going down, it's sometimes that, that, that hope, you know, just even if a one or a dollar or two dollars, sometimes, sometimes it helps. Now, that woman, you know, 2000, however much on that, on that boat, you know, that's, that's going way, that's, called an addiction, you know, that's way over mm-hmm. where she's, yeah. you know, going out of hand, but, you know, sometimes, you know, t- two to five dollars at the end of a week, you know, so if, you know, if oh, the promise, hey, I might hit it, you know. <laughs> well, Roseanne, Roseanne won the lottery, and look what happened to her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 well, to my mind, most of the people who play the lottery, I file them under the same category that I file people that follow the prosperity gospel. You see people like Joe Ozzie <laughs> and stuff like that. that talk, well, let, let, let me explain because this takes a second to, to, to lay out. You got people like Joe Austin that, that say, you know, that basically God makes deals. You know, you praise and stuff like that and you get money and stuff like that. Most people that follow prosperity gospel, they aren't expecting God to be a money changer. They just want some reassurance that somehow these good things that they're doing will somehow come back to them. So it's not that they're hoping for riches or anything like that. They're just hoping that their effort counts for something. And that's kind of what I put the lottery players in because it's like they're hoping that, you know, they've done this for so long. Come on, my number has to come up. Yeah. So I deal deal with sympathy, a lot of sympathy. Yeah. Now, you sound like a Democratic voter voters. from the Deep South. Technically, my alignment is South Park Republican. I'm not kidding. I t- I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Trey Parker Manstone. I have their student film from when they were at the University of Colorado. And, oh, my God. And they, Right. Basically, most of the stuff they talk about on South Park are things I've already thought. I mean, literally, I'm sitting there. I'm like, it's like they're living next door to me as they write this. So basically, I'm what they call South Park Republican. You know, it's like, yes, I support equal rights and everything like that. But I also support, uh, you know, fiscal responsibility. It's an odd mix. You know, I I don't really pigeonhole into anything. (laughs) I'm (laughs) the bit the first time I ever got punished by my family. And this because I was always trying to be a good kid and stuff like that. The first time I ever got punished was when I turned 18. And it was going to be the first election that I could vote in. And it was the 1980 uh, – no, wait, it was the 92 election. It was Bush versus Bill Clinton. And, mm. the, and uh, shortly before the election went down, Bush had gone to a farm show, and he was fascinated by the supermarket barcode scanner. He had never seen one of these things before. This thing that everybody has had to deal with, he had never known about. And I'm talking with my dad, and I said, well, I don't think I could vote for Bush because I don't think he understands regular people. And I explained about the supermarket barcode scanner. He says, well, you got a pay raise, right? I said, what do you mean? He says, you deliver pizza, right? Yeah. Well, they just increased the minimum wage, right? I said, yeah. He says, well, you just got a pay raise thanks to a Republican president. And before I could stop myself, I said, yeah, in a Democratic Congress. And... <laughs> 
he did not talk to me for three days. <laughs> no. <laughs> so right from, so right from the beginning, I've always had this this innate uh, contradictory stretch to my mind. I mean, the the last U.S. president that I truly admired was Harry S. Truman. I have I have had problems with all of them since. Well, it drives my dad Well, it it drives my dad nuts because he keeps thinking that maybe I can bring Pete over to the Republican side, and then he sees me taking cheap shots at them. But then I'll take cheap shots at the at the Democrats too, and he's like, and it's like here's an, here's the thing, Dad. I'm not a single issue voter. I do not go by party lines. I go by what makes sense to me. My dad is very much about one party. You just check all the boxes, and there you go. And it doesn't matter uh, if they do it. Not only yeah. anybody should be like that. <laughs> yeah. if, uh, I have exactly. I have given up discuss. I've given up discussing politics. My dad did three tours of duty in Vietnam in the Navy, and he didn't Ooh. vote for Bill Clinton because Bill Clinton was a draft dodger. He didn't vote for John Kerry because Kerry only didn't see real combat like he did. Meanwhile, Trump gets four student deferments and one medical deferment for bone spurs. And my dad, right. well, I, I, I know I'm not voting for a Boy Scout. I'm like, if it was so bad for those other two people, why is it not so bad for this guy? It's because he's on your side. It has nothing to do with politics. It has everything to do with your self-righteousness. Absolutely. It had nothing to do with him, mm-hmm. with, with he served, where he served or what, that he didn't serve. Yeah. A lot of people were just somehow he got a pass over the, all that. Yep. He, he gets a pass on everything. Uh, I mean, there's, there's a guy who is actually saying that Donald Trump is the second coming of Jesus Christ. I don't oh, recall – I don't recall Jesus Christ, you know, uh, having affairs with porn stars and paying them off, getting divorced. <laughs> Three different wives. Said yesterday that the military votes that were mailed in ought not be counted in Florida. Yeah, a day after Veterans Day. The guy said that on the absurd Veterans Day. <laughs> yeah, this is a guy who wouldn't go out in the rain. To, to honor troops and has yet to make one overseas stop. I, I know I'm rambling, but like I said, my dad did three tours in Vietnam. I saw how he was treated when he got home. So people who are disrespectful to to our troops really strikes a nerve with me. And this well, guy, who and I been, as well. My my dad was three terms Vietnam, and and was in the Marine Corps for 27 years. Yeah, and, and I completely you know, get it. And, yeah, here's a guy who he insults Gold Star families. He says McCain's no big deal because he prefers people who didn't get killed. He has yet to make one. He spends all his time golfing. He has yet to make one overseas trip to visit our troops. You know, even Bill Clinton. I know that the troops hated Bill Clinton because they thought he was a hippie and a draft dodger, but he still at least went overseas and visited the troops. Exactly. And what no. Every day until that scandal with Lewinsky came out, every day yeah. is not an embarrassment like it is, has been in the past two years. Every day is an embarrassment. Every day. Hey, guys, you're right. Hey, all right, if you, hold on just a second. I want to make sure people know that you're listening to us live tonight and here on Madam Perry Salon. <laughs> I'm here with Alan Brassington, Marilyn Opitz, and Peter G. And uh, we've got a few other topics that I want to talk on. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. 
<laughs> and uh, we are uh, we're going to have some topics that I want to talk about in just one second. But first, <laughs> I want you to listen. I ha- I have a message for you. So Chuck, talk to us about Fisdale being the Knicks new coach. What's your uh, thoughts on that? Well, well, I, I tell you right now, Ernie, it don't matter who gonna coach this team. They don't got no talent on it, and I don't I don't really feel I talk. That's kind of hard. I don't feel I talk about the Knicks right now. Do you want to talk about lunch? No. <laughs> what would you like to talk about, Chuck? See, Ernie, I've been listening to a podcast called Madame Perry Salon. And I think Jennifer Perry, she's a great host. I mean, she got all these bestseller authors, Rasta, all the dip comedians. What about people we that could, don't have rings? Here we go. Again. I got Real funny. Ah, Real funny. Ah, ah, but I think she's great. And I think people would love her show. She got a great laugh. She make the laugh come out of nowhere, like an eagle come in there and just steal the whole show. It's 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 a beautiful thing. It's not terrible. It's not terrible. It's not terrible, is it, Marilyn? <laughs> it's not terrible. <laughs> yeah, okay. with faith right there. Patrick, this is something funny. My husband Patrick always tells jokes, and this he's got a, a coworker that always says he's terrible. <laughs> I'm going to read something off of, uh, wait just a minute. Hang on, one one, one, one second. All right. I got a dog that has something to drink, but he just brought me a bowl. If you heard that that sound, he brought he just brought a metal bowl in here. So while I go get his bowl, I'm going to read something to you. Well, not while, but before. I'm going to read a little something to you. Tell me what you think about it. This was something from the Associated Press uh, by Bill Weissert from the Associated Press. This is Texas Mole's curriculum that cuts Helen Keller but keeps Moses. The Texas Board of Education is discussing changes oh, to the God history thing. curriculum that could scrap lessons featuring Hillary Clinton, Helen Keller, and Barry Goldwater, but keep instruction about how Moses influenced the nation's founding fathers and the ways states' rights helped cause the Civil War. The Republican Control Board, surprise, heard Tuesday from students, teachers, activists, and academic experts who are defending or decrying proposed edits meant to streamline academic standards for history. Um, and it says, uh, then going on, Texas has about 5.4 million students, more than any state but California. So teaching board-approved lessons isn't always mandatory. Board-sanctioned curriculum can affect what's published in textbooks. Texas is a large enough market to where the state's academic standards sometimes influence what's published in materials used elsewhere. So while I go get this bottle, bowl of water um, filled up, um, Alan, would you start you start on this one and go first? Well, I'm, yeah, and I, I've got a, I've got um, my parents were coming through town. A month or six weeks ago. Didn't know it. Yeah, it's one of those, your cell phone rings at 10 in the morning. We're in Asheville. Do you want to let's meet for lunch or something? I'm like, what are y'all doing? Oh, we're going um, on the tour of the Ark. And I said, huh? (laughs) No, no, no. We've got a group. And, And my parents are great. Don't misunderstand me. They and a bunch of other Trump people. We're on a bus tour to go see the Museum of the Ark. The Creation Museum. And I just, yeah. The Creation Museum. 
and and I was I said, oh, 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 and I had heard like a blip about it, but had I looked it up and I was like, really? And yeah, there's like yeah, bus loads of people paying that money could have gone towards. Yeah, I mean this thing was like three hundred million dollars, and and they oh, couldn't believe God. that people weren't supporting it. And I mean, it, it just dumbfounded me. It's not the real arc. It's a facsimile. It's a it's a you know it's a fake arc. No, yeah, not, yeah, no, that's what even, I mean. I mean, it's it, it's it's like going to Graceland and seeing new Cadillacs. I mean, it just doesn't seem. But <laughs> well, it's, well, it's not even that. The arc was actually more shaped like a box than it was a boat. That was the whole that was but the whole the reason it was is, called an arc. It was an archive. You have to understand. It's the fact that people want to suspend that belief that they're actually looking at the, at, at even if it's a fake arc, they can go and go. Wow, that's how big the arc actually is. You know, like a you fake just, yeah, I have, Smithsonian. It's, I have the same reaction when I see the Batmobile at Six Flags. I think if they took two dollars. <laughs> Out of every fifty, they're collecting for tickets and just paid off terrorists. <laughs> they go away. I mean, the way these folks are going in here. <laughs> you just pay the guys off. They'll retire. They'll go somewhere warm. It'll be quiet after that. For how much we spent on the Vietnam War? What did Helen Keller do that was so controversial? Helen Keller. I, I can't. <laughs> Bad Terry, man, make the worst joke ever. Man, make the worst joke no. ever. I, I can't, I can't see anything that she did wrong. Uh, uh, oh, you're, all, you're only thinking of the miracle mm. worker. Helen Keller, after she learned uh, to, after she learned to communicate, she became an outspoken socialist writer. So I think that's what they're oh. objecting to. It's just that her, yeah, look up, uh, look up her writing after she actually learned how to talk and type. And she uh-huh. was she was a real political radical. She was, I mean, oh. I mean, for, yeah. For so I she think wasn't that's radical. She was ahead of her time. She oh, was I, saying radical I, stuff I, like people ought to, women ought to be able to vote. <laughs> I, I I agree completely. I'm just saying that I'm just saying that I think that's the problem the guy in Texas has is it's like what's with these women doing this stuff? Let's let's uh, let's uh, let's George Orwell her out of the history books. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what, though? The thing is about what I don't understand is, is when they try to do that is they're, they don't understand that the world has progressed. It, you know, when I was a very, very little girl, I could remember learning about people who were burning Beatles albums and in, in like, small town USA, you know, in the Bible Belt, because John Lennon made a joke. You know about wow, oh, the people yeah. are bigger than you know, and I and, and the thing is at that time at that time I can remember my father saying, well, those are people who were to take it so literally that they can't see that it's a joke. They don't understand irony. They don't understand sarcasm. They're not. They're they just they'd rather ruin music for their kids or anyone else. They'd rather burn a book or an album. Then, then expand their mind, and and to well, me, it shows me that this what is it sixty years now? It's almost seventy years since that happened. That that we have enough people in this country that are willing to still be in that same place. 
that same place in their mind of hate and and saying that oh because somebody made a joke that they're willing to or somebody thinks something different or somebody is saying that maybe all people should be equal that we should all be like let's rewrite it all out you know the, let, the let me, one let me universe, Maryland let's go let, let me. Let's go back to medieval times and say the earth is flat. I mean, what what else are they going to come up with? They are. They are saying that. Uh, Marilyn, I do have to rebut one thing that you said there. I do have to correct you on something. Where you said it could have been, you know, 70 years uh-huh. ago. That happened with the Beatles with John Lennon in my lifetime. Okay, in my lifetime. In so my I know lifetime. It, was, <laughs> it, was, it was 20, okay, 20, 20 years, years ago. ago. It was not 70. It was 20. Well, it might have been 15. No, it was. It it was yeah, John Lennon's been dead 30. No, oh, John Lennon. You want to feel old? He's, John Lennon's been dead twenty-eight years. No, thirty-eight he's years. He's been dead since 1981. No, I remember. Or 1980. Okay, still be around. Now, if you want to feel old, I grew up with Winona Ryder. I'm about the same age as her, and seeing her play well, Fox Mom is like, oh God, I'm old. <laughs> I worked well, with her no, last week. So I'm 53. So I know I was a child that was in the mid, like late 60s. At some point, you know, the Beatles broke up in 1970. So it had to be before then because he was saying they were bigger than Jesus Christ. So. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then John Lennon was He was shot in 1980 when right after the uh, the album came out. Um, the double was a double fantasy. Is that what it was? Double fantasy, it was. Yeah, which yeah. reminds me, when he was shot by Mark David Chapman, I used to always say, of course, now now that um, I used to always have a saying, my friends heard often that there were only two, two white men who had no chance in hell of ever getting out of prison. And those were Charles Manson and Mark David Chapman, because one killed a beautiful white woman, one killed John Lennon. And I always said those were the two, only two white men that had no chance in hell of ever get, ever seeing freedom again. But And then Manson died. But um, I remember seeing just part of a movie about John Lennon. I think it was Judah Freelander, somebody played Mark David mm-hmm. Chapman. And he's in there talking, he's reading... Imagine there's no heaven. That's easy for you, motherfucker, mm-hmm. because you have everything. And I thought, okay, right away. I don't know. I didn't know David Mark David Chapman, but the rest of my family did because he and my brothers were like in the same big scout troop. And I remember going to the. I probably saw him over in the rec center oh when there'd be big family scout thing. Oh, yeah, wow. he was from the neighborhood. And uh, and so uh, I can tell you right now, if in if he spoke in that, that was not a Gresham Park, Southeast Atlanta accent. If he spoke like a riverboat gambler, the way Judah Freelander played him, he would have never lived mm-hmm. long enough to kill anybody, okay? So I'm just saying, I, that's just my way of saying, segueing into, I hate Southern accents out of Hollywood. and um, Indeed. And maybe get to the subject. Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, you know, people don't realize this, but John Hinckley Jr., the one who shot Reagan, gets is able to be. He's released on the weekends. He's able to go free and walk freely every weekend. Well, and but it was interesting. Me, they didn't do that till Nancy Reagan was dead. <laughs> yes, that is true. That is true. <laughs> Are you sure they let him out? She found him. Yeah, she would have found him. 
She didn't know the right time to strike. I remember I was in about the third grade, and I came home and flipped on the TV, and Reagan had been shot. Oh, and, well, and I was I living with my grandmother at the time, so I called my grandmother and I said, "The president's been shot." And she said, oh, darling, don't you remember when Kennedy was shot? And I said, no, that was about 10, 12 years before I was born. And she went, oh, well, of course. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's funny yeah. how, how those things years. come together. Yeah. yeah so how was the play, Mr. Lincoln? Yeah, other, no, yeah. Other than that, how was the play, how was the theater, Mrs. Lincoln? Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, Uh-oh. my friend. But it's um, scary that know, to know that he's out and walking among the people that in the D.C. area, you know. And uh, uh, I don't know. I saw that movie about Mark David Chapman, and you know, he's kind of lost. Call, the the one with Jared Leto played him, and that was that was very intense. Oh yeah, uh, but is he really the is he really the threat we need to worry about? I mean, look at look at. There was a there was a story a few years ago that they found that that uh, one out of nine doctors was operating with phony credentials, and my first thought yeah. was, so who's getting the better care, the one or the eight? And yeah, you know, yeah but isn't that like eighty six percent of all statistics were just made up? Mm-hmm. Well, well, the, the, the point that. Is, well, the point that I'm trying to make is that, I mean, we're living in an era where Nazis are openly marching the street. You have the Proud Boy movement that's raising money. You have people saying that the Antifa are, are a great thing when I've seen the rise of the Antifa. They're just as bad as the Nazis. They're just on the opposite side of the ideological spectrum. Yeah. You know, the world is turning yeah. into a war zone. So it's like, do I really care about John Hinckley Jr.? No, I care about these people that are going to potentially blow up my house just because, yeah. you know, one side either because I'm Polish, so yo, you're not white, and the other side because, well, you don't believe in our ideals enough, so we're going to kill you because you're not on our side. I'm not well, I, mean, I, 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 I say I, I say no, I don't say. But I mean, what, what's Hinckley going to do on the weekends? He going to take another shot at the president? Is he going to? I mean, you know, I imagine the man can't hardly go to the movies. So. <laughs> you know, who who yeah. is the guy who? Uh, the sub the the subway vigilante. Well, who what was his name? Bernard Gantz. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, I don't know how I knew that, but. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, a, it's another reason no, why I a, love you, Al. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, he's out and he's wandering around New York City, and everyone's like, huh? Yeah, so what? I got tougher people than I, I got tougher cockroaches than you, buddy. <laughs> Well, I know, I but, heard but, that he you know, was dressing up in some weird costume in New York parade. That Bernard Getz <laughs> was wearing like all these weird costumes, and he was like some sort of weird egomaniac or something. I don't know. That he was doing some weird things. 
Well, I mean, you know, that would be a great scene from like a, a home, you know, like Home Alone Twelve. He gets on the New York subway and sits down, and Bernard Getz is next to him. I mean, just in a, in a huge cameo. Yeah, that's what they need to do to revive uh, Macaulay Culkin's career at this point. <laughs> to show him the way he is now, post uh, post addiction and all that, and his home alone. And post <laughs> post addiction, post Michael Jackson. Man, <laughs> hey, don't be hate on Macaulay. Oh. Poor fellow never had a chance. No, he didn't. Not with his parents nagging him and pressuring him to make to make to be their cash cow. Oh, I, I, yeah, I but he's going to be forty-five, and people are going to be like, "Make the face." I don't. I, I knew. I knew, Madam <laughs> Perry, you face. follow me on That's Facebook, right. but back face. the, back <laughs> the summer, yeah. I, I went with some friends to New Jersey, and a, a dear friend of mine and his wife, his his mother passed away, and they needed help cleaning out the house. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to bring everybody down on Facebook. So I wrote it up as though I was doing uh, behind Mission enemy work. lines work. <laughs> oh, oh. That I was on a reconnaissance mission just in case. <laughs> well, guys, and we, you, you'll we're have at to look top. it up because there's this funny picture, and my friend George was. We stopped at a Union Memorial, and you may guess from this accent that I am not from New Jersey. And and I did the home alone thing. Uh, you, you sound perfectly normal to me. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, who are you talking to? Uh, hey, what kind of you sick joke to? you playing? Hey, you talk, hey who are you, you talking to? Hey, what's the matter for you? So I did the home alone face in front of the Union Memorial. Oh, my God. <laughs> while, while wearing a T-shirt that said, if lost, please return to the South. <laughs> <laughs> And so we hey, like we went to a farmer's market and I took pictures. It's like I'm moving amongst the people. They seem friendly enough. Although none of them have any consonants in their none of them have any vowels in their names and you know, I'm trying oh, not to speak and in, in the hotel bar someone thought maybe I was British, but <laughs> it, it it's a hilarious bit of bit of post. Just about five of the you know, day two. Yeah, I've gotten close enough to the city I must return to the motherland and file a report and <laughs> oh my God! I'm yeah, they have peaches here. Who ever heard of New Jersey peaches? I'm buying a few so we can be scientifically researched. <laughs> well, that's, what, that's like when I go to the that's like when I go to the store and get orange juice. Grown with Florida oranges. It's like congratulations, you found oranges in one of the two places in the in the nation where they grow oranges. You want to press me? Yeah. Show me an orange you found in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's just because Jimmy Hoffa bought them all. (laughs) Well, guys, our time is up here. here And and if you've been listening live or if you're listening to a replay later, remember, don't forget, please subscribe to Madam Perry Salon on Apple iTunes, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, and... And we're also on lots of other two podcast FM, Last FM, all kinds of things, Blueberry, that are making money off of me that I'll never see. But... If you go to Apple iTunes or uh, Stitcher or something, if you would, if you would, I know people are busy, but if you would on one of those, uh, please either follow on, click the follow button to follow on Blog Talk Radio, or if you go to uh, Apple iTunes or Stitcher to Madam Perry Salon, 
page, would you please, if you have a moment, just take a second to leave a review. Just it hasn't got to be long or fancy. Um, just a, a little review so that people who pass through might think, hey, maybe I should listen to that. And um, don't forget to get my book, Sell Your Books Today. Hey, if you're an author, people can't buy your books until they know about them. Let's get them out of your garage and into the checkout line. Sell Your Books Today. <clears throat> and um, if you uh, if you want to listen to these people again, my friend, uh, animator Peter G., um, Bulldog Marketing uh, owner and last aristocratic Southern Democrat, Alan Brassington, and the beautiful and talented and I do mean drop dead gorgeous Marilyn Opus, owner of Biba Girl <laughs> Beauty, and an actress. Um, leave a message here. You can leave a message on Facebook or here on Blog Talk Radio to say how much you enjoyed them too. And you know, this is two weeks in a row we've had a talk, and I think maybe I should just keep up one night a week, maybe make it talk talk show Tuesdays. Where people can call in, people like you guys or whoever, and we'll just talk about what's going on. What do you say, guys? Do you think yeah. we should keep this up as a regular thing? And whoever yeah, can call we can in? do that. All right, we can definitely All do right. that because because I think this Could really energized me last. Somebody, you know, I need a new I need a new logo for the show too. Will there be t-shirts? There could be t-shirts. There might even be socks and underwear if you guys do good enough. So <laughs> t-shirts. <laughs> Why don't you treat your butt cheeks? Because they deserve it. <laughs> Every time my husband gets a T-shirt from some kind of corporate thing going on for some other company, he would always tell people, "Thanks, this is nice, but my wife wants to know why can't you can I can I get some you know socks and underwear too?" And then last year when we were in uh, Amsterdam for the big uh, trade show, IBC. Um, Broadcast Communications Trade Show. Yeah, there was one company giving out socks, and they were actually made in North Carolina. But they wanted us to find us socks. Now, some maybe. Hey, Alan, you're the marketing man. Do you think I should have some Madame Perry Salon and underwear line? I need some kind of. I need something for for a revenue stream. Marilyn's got makeup. I I I, I I think. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I think a lingerie line, but I think a socks line for men and women. And say, cover okay. yourself in Madame Perry. All right. I'm staying out of this one. Because when you start talking about underwear, you, okay, so what do you do for the women who need a little extra support, if you know what I'm saying? This can get to a very... Uh, they all do. You must tell them. You, all women need extra support. Tell them they're pretty and that they're doing a great job. There's, there's, there's uh, nothing I can say without signing my own death warrant, so I'm staying out of it. <laughs> well, the, the, the people of South Carolina, thank you. <laughs> as we say down here, the, the word of the day, the word of the day is legs. So let's spread the word.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.